We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is wondering, is it stability or is it settling? But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. Yes, but we are wordsmiths. I really enjoyed that summary that you just gave. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are both English majors, so we can really take a complex idea and distill it into as few words as possible and vice versa. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did did you know um, that like English majors are like not going to be a thing? In the near future. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> somebody DM'd, granted, I didn't read the, the actual article. I just read the headline, but somebody sure, sure, DM'd sure. us uh, something that was like, why English majors are becoming obsolete. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of chat GPT, because that's bullshit. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is. It sounds like a robot. No, that's the AI bot that like you give it a prompt and it can write. A whole paper for you. Oh, so it is a robot. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's an AI for sure. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, this is all to say Sam and I um, don't know what we're talking about. We're incredibly long-winded or we say too little. Um, We are not professionals. We are not trained in this. Please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right. So for today's check-in topic, I'm just throwing something at Sam like I love to do with absolutely no warning or heads up (laughs) as to what it is. I'm so excited. So today we're going to learn about a new um, term in relationships that I had never heard of before. Uh, And we're going to like, I'm using an article from mindbodygreen.com as like the um, structured, or I'm going to read some things from it since this idea is new to me as well. And then we're going to review 
some ideas about it. Okay, here we go. So the idea is uh, relationship anarchy. Have you ever heard of this? No. Okay. So reading directly from this article um, from MVG Relationships, it says that relationship anarchy is a way of approaching relationships that rejects any rules and expectations other than the ones involved Uh, The ones the involved people agree on. The approach, quote, encourages people to let their core values guide how they choose and craft their relationship commitments rather than relying on social norms to dictate what is right for you. And that's a direct quote from uh, Dedeker Winston, who is actually the co-host of the podcast Multi Amory which we shouted out in our like podcast neighborhood summary that we did at the end of the year, which I've heard is a great podcast about um, polyamory and multi-amory and just relationships in general. Um, reading on from the article, it says, people who practice relationship anarchy, sometimes abbreviated to RA, are beholden to themselves and only themselves when it comes to choosing who they conduct sexual or romantic relationships with and how they do it. Relationship anarchists look to form relationships with people that are based entirely on needs, wants, and desires rather than socially mandated labels and expectations. Some central tenets of relationship anarchy are freedom, communication and non-hierarchy an ra mindset also seeks to dissolve the strict divides between platonic friendships and sexual and or romantic love that exists in wider society practitioners of relationship anarchy see it as superfluous at best and harmful at worst to rank relationships in order to of importance according to the presence of sex or romantic love and they reject the prioritization of romance above friendship and the elevation of the monogamous couple above all else fascinating right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) like seems pretty like in line with a lot of our jbu conversations so just to clarify um Relationship anarchy is not something that I had to read on to understand. A, multi, a monogamous person can choose to participate or or subscribe to relationship anarchy um, with one chosen partner. It doesn't. It's 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 not like an indicator immediately of polyamory. Although the idea of rejecting these societal norms or these societal, uh, you know, the, the things in our life that sort of guide us unknowingly like heteronormativity or assumed monogamy, um, Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, it, they relationship anarchy tries to push against that, you know, but you Mm -hmm. don't have to be polyamorous or in an open relationship to participate in it. Um, it's, uh, the practice of sort of upholding true autonomy within your relationships and actively pushing against the systems that keep us within these societal restrictions or definitions, which I think is pretty cool. Um, any f- initial reactions so far? I subscribe wholeheartedly to the idea that the hierarchies that we've built around relationships are harmful, right? They are not helpful. They're only helpful in for folks who are monogamously partnered in heterosexual, married, 
cisgendered yeah. relationships, right? Like, well, and, <laughs> that and is, I think they even, that who they even harm who them for sure. because of the, the relationship escalator that we often talk about where people feel like, well, I had to get married or for sure. I'm worthless as I, if I don't have a romantic sexual partner, you know, which oh, I'm for sure. sure you were just getting to. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I don't sub- subscribe to the idea that when we're in relationships, the only person we should be beholden to is ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I do think that there's an element of interdependence that mm-hmm. exists in romantic, platonic, sexual relationships that also needs to be taken into account, right? Like I don't like the structures that we've built to define those relationships mm, and prioritize some over others. Yeah. But I also reject the idea that you can be in relationship with someone and only looking out for yourself. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. feel that doesn't feel true to what I know of the world, which is that that's impossible because our actions have consequences that need consideration beyond just, is this what I want or is this not what I want? Interesting. I had to like scroll back to make sure that it said beholden to themselves and only themselves because in my mind, I remembered it as like to themselves and their partners, you know, (laughs) Um, so you're more of like a relationship communist is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's like um, I don't like the the idea of anarchy in relationships freaks me out because anarchy implies that there's like no rules whatsoever, right? Or you could like mm. make up your own rules, but I want I want there to be shared rules amongst the people who are in relationship yeah. with each other that are developed through communication and through intention. But the idea that like you can just do whatever you want and nothing matters is like is also harmful, I think. <laughs> so like with it in spirit. And I'm also like, how is this practiced is my question. So, I'm going to, uh, so we're going, I'm going to quick read a quote from this article that talks about a misconception about relationship anarchy. Again, this is a new concept to, to me, super new to Sam. <laughs> um, yes. And um, we're basing everything we know about it on one article, but I think you're <laughs> that bringing I up read, some that great- just like giving me excerpts yes. of. <laughs> Yes, I think you're bringing up a great point. But so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a misconception, and then we're going to go through um, the relationship anarchy manifesto to see oh, we, how we feel about them. Yeah, <laughs> I know Sam's already manifestos out. have like no bad yeah, connotations no, to them whatsoever. Um, <laughs> so the misconceptions are um, this is. This paragraph that I'm reading from quotes someone um, they refer to earlier in the article named Anna Dow, who is a therapist and founder of Vast Love, a coaching and counseling practice for people navigating non-monogamy. So um, a misconception is when people think of the word anarchy, they imagine a lawless and chaotic state of order, but quote, and this is Dow's quote, contrary to common misconceptions, relationship anarchy is not a justification for people to do whatever they want in relationships without consideration of other people's feelings, needs, desires, boundaries um it's not a magic spell for reducing the amount of work that you put into your romantic relationships um it's more about you know going off of the article now (laughs) into my own very eloquent summaries Uh, uh, um, (laughs) it's about um the idea of again actively choosing to question, push against, um, subvert those societal and cultural voices that we listen to when we make these decisions. And I think it'll be a little bit more explained in the, when we go over the, um, manifesto 
things. Again, the word manifesto, you're totally right. Very intense. (laughs) (laughs) And I think this is all like, again, words, labels, um, titles, things like this. They just give us a structure to which we can reflect our lives and our choices back to other people. So honestly, that's my biggest criticism right now is like, it's right now in this point of my life, I think it's interesting how often we need um, labels like this to give us a sense of understanding over ourselves. I don't think this is bad by any means whatsoever. And I often, I have longed for labels and I've longed for community and I've longed for something to point to, to be like, oh, this is me and this makes sense. And this is how I can align my choices. Um, Anyway, so the uh, manifesto was coined by someone named Andy Nordgren, that published an instructional instructional manifesto for relationship anarchy in 2006. And it's basically a number of principles. We're going to go through them and rate or review or respond to them the way we do with memes. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> number one, love is abundant and every relationship is unique. Again, I, I'm reading from this Mind Body Green article. Love is not a limited resource. You can love multiple people without it detracting from the love you feel for each of them. Every relationship you have is an entirely new creation between its two or more parties and should be approached as such. Yeah, great. Yeah. I'm into that. that I sounds... like that too, because I think one of the chords that they're trying to cut in this ideology is um, relationship patterns, assumptions we make, you know, like that you go into a relationship with someone and they were a cheater once and you're like, oh man, once a cheater, always a cheater. Or that you can't, re, you, you know, that you can't create new foundations for newer relationships, um, that they all sort of build upon each other, which I don't believe in. For sure. I also feel like, yes, I absolutely believe that like love is abundant and that we can feel a lot of things things for a lot of different people at the same time and things like our time, attention, resources are not necessarily abundant, Mm, right? So like the idea, conception, feeling of love, I think is like, absolutely, you can love multiple people at the same time and you can probably distribute the indications of that love in really meaningful ways as well, right? And you can do it with multiple different people and it can Mm -hmm. look really different. But I do think that there is something to be said that like, yes, of course, love is abundant and the amount of time, attention, support that we have is necessarily limited and that we need to, and that part of being intentional about loving people well is being attentive to the amount of love, time and attention that we're showing to them and giving to them. Yeah. And that it's one thing to say, I love you. And it's a different thing to say, I love you. And I'm here to, to do the things that show that love f- for you. I really love that because we just like read a letter from somebody who was, you know, in, in, was the other person in the relationship basically. Um, mm-hmm. And it was very apparent that the love is real but this was a a non consent consenting open relationship because it was an affair <laughs> for sure. Um, and two, uh, you know the lo- the that the person who was dating both parties like very obviously couldn't their love was real, but the amount that they could show up in the two people's lives was obviously 
not enough for either partner, you know, yeah. especially since it was a fair. And it, so it was like, uh, for sure, it was a non-consensual open relationship um, <laughs> or un- yeah. non-consenting. Um, yeah. Just thinking about um, that, uh, balancing the genuineness of our love with our ability to show up and respect our partner, which leads me to manifesto number two, love and respect instead of entitlement. Your bond uh, with someone does not give you the right to control or coerce them. Your bond with them, like just because you're bonded with them and you love them doesn't mean you get to control or coerce them. They're an autonomous person who can act as they wish to. Love is not a byword for bossing someone around, nor is love only real when we're willing to compromise parts of ourselves for others. Yeah, I mean, I think that that is really great. And I think that the the disruption of our entitlement to other people is actually really helpful in a lot of like, ways that toxicity shows up in relationships. Yeah. And I also just want to like say (laughs) that there is, there's a way to use that mentality to cause harm to people. Right. Right. There's a way to say, Oh, you think you're entitled to me, but you're not as you're reneging on agreed upon commitments. And like, this is the whole thing around all of this, right? Like, are these people who are consensually entering into this relationship and have shared language and agreement around what it looks like mm-hmm. to exercise love, to be in relationship with someone and without rules around it, that makes it really hard, right? Like I love the idea of like every relationship starts fresh and are people thinking about how much work goes into actually doing that mm-hmm. because it's it's easy to say like, oh, you feel entitled to me, so therefore you can't ask for what you need, right? Like, that's a thing that people can say to somebody. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's not that's not actually what we're trying to go for here. So again, like, it's like, I agree with all of this in theory and in practice. Like, what does it actually look like mm-hmm. totally. to say this type of shit to each other? And what does it look like when somebody is not getting what they need and the other person is like, that's entitlement or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I don't agree mm -hmm. with that. Right. Like, Mm. do we have the tools to be able to have that difficult conversation in a meaningful way? We don't in current relationships right now. So like maybe this is the the (laughs) thing that like offers them to us. Funny. Um, Okay. So just skipping around for time. um, Another thing from this manifesto is heterosexism is rampant and out there, but don't let fear lead you. Be mindful of the ways in which heterosexism, the assumption that heterosexuality is the only correct moral or desirable way to organize relationships can corrupt your ideas about what is acceptable within relationships. Stay aware Mm. of the assumptions you hold about what gender means with relationships, uh, with relationships with relation to love and work to untangle them. Yeah. 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 No, I absolutely agree with that for sure. I mean, the, the way that heterosexism plays out in all sorts of relationships, including queer relationships is like really intense and it's harmful for, for everyone who's in that relationship because again, it's like we're living by rules that we didn't agree to and that sucks. Yeah. All right. So this is obviously a new idea to Sam and I. Um, I hope that if you're interested in it, you go check it out. I'm sure that there's more literature, podcasts, episodes, um, people who actually practice and understand this more than we do. For um, sure. 
Uh, but yeah, I think it's really interesting and I'm definitely, uh, gonna check out some more information on this. If anybody has any like book recommendations when it comes to this idea, or like I said, podcast episode, I'd love to hear more, um, in our DMs. All right. Do you want to dive into this week's letter? Yeah, let's do it. Our letter today comes from 5050, who is, whose pronouns are he, him, and who is writing from the big city. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I'm writing y'all to get some perspective on my safe, comfortable, and not too exciting relationship. I have been with my girlfriend, let's call her Daisy, she, her, for a little over a year, and we moved in together a few months ago, but she works long distance sometimes. She is the most emotionally mature person I've ever been with. We work through conflict productively, and she is self-aware and communicative of her needs. We don't push each other's buttons in the same way that I have with past partners. We have similar interests and life paths that just seem easy. I feel really unconditionally loved by her, and she writes me the sweetest notes when she leaves to be long distance. Lately, when she's been gone, I have really missed drinking coffee and being cozy with her. Here's the challenge. There isn't the spark or excitement in this relationship that I have felt in past relationships. She's a generally introverted person, and I lean that way too, although I love to feed off an extroverted friend's energy. We also moved to a new town and don't have many other friends here yet, so we spend a lot of time just me and her. Sometimes in this relationship, it feels like the lows are not very low, but the highs are not very high either. And is that okay? I feel pretty 50-50 right now if this relationship will work for me, but I can't tell if I'm just seeking a short-term lust and excitement that fades away in long-term relationship anyway, or if there really is a missing piece of compatibility that makes this not worth continuing. And for consistency, I would say our sex is good, but not great. To add a layer to this, I think I want a long-term partnership generally, but I came into this relationship about a year after the breakup of a six-year relationship. Mm. And there's a part of me that just wants to be single, date, and have sex with new people. Being single isn't my default, but I think I might benefit from being my own person for a while and processing past relationships. Mm. Excited to hear some radical honesty from you two. Thank you. Thank you so much for writing 5050 and for trusting us with this question in the notes. Sam wrote, this is a cute, cute, <laughs> cute question. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I love this question. Okay. So yeah, I, I hear where you're writing from, where you're coming from, where your heart is confused that you've got this good thing going, but it's not like electric. It doesn't make your you know, your butterflies aren't fluttering all the time and the lows aren't low in such a way that makes it clear that you should break up, right? The highs aren't like that intoxicating high and the lows aren't that intoxicating low. You know, they can be intoxicating too. For um, sure. And you're wondering whether or not this is an indication of some sort of poor relationship health, Um So uh, we have some advice for you. And I want to also like get into the idea of what does it mean to be your own person in and out of a relationship? Um, But first, we're going to have a quick break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says Quince. 
You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, 50-50, thank you so much for writing this letter. Um... And I think that a lot of folks will relate to it. And I'm also really thinking about it having just come off of this conversation that we had about relationship anarchy and the ways in which uh, our relationships that can be so good and healthy and productive in one way may feel really unfulfilling in another way, right? Where we might not be getting some of the things that we want out of it. And And what are the ways that we can go about pursuing that? And also like, what are the rules around our relationship that we either have implicitly or explicitly agreed Mm. to? And does getting those other needs met fit into 
the broad relationship that we've agreed to in this moment. And, and for some folks, right. That means that it might mean giving up some things, right. It might mean like, yep, the parameters of our relationship are that we are monogamous in a way that is uh, sexual, right? So you can't just like go out and be sexually single and like meet new people and like date sexually as fun single. as that might sound. <laughs> yeah, right. Like <laughs> that sounds like something like, that ex boyfriend would say. Like, <laughs> who oh, I was absolutely. talking about before. Yeah, no, be like, for sure. I'm a relationship anarchist. I'm sexually single, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm romantically, romantically monogamous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <fuck>? absolutely. <laughs> Which uh, I think was like the reason why that whole breakup happened was because he wanted to be sexually single and uh, romantically monogamous with. With you and yes he said was... it to my face he said i want to have sex with people <laughs> i meet at the bar that's what he said to me <laughs> which is you know what now that i'm healed and fucking <laughs> talked about relationships for four and a half years straight i that is actually a reasonable thing for him to say it's just a re- really it is here absolutely absolutely <laughs> um <laughs> we had a lot to say when he told you that that's for sure oh man <laughs> It just, it just, I was over here like, I think we should get married and have a baby. And he was like, I want to have sex with people I meet at a bar. <laughs> Talk about incompatibility. <laughs> yeah, it's just like wildly different understandings of what yes, that relationship totally. is going to be. Anyway, um, little yes. off track there. <laughs> Sexually single, that was my new. Uh, right. If but, I ever date, um, I'm going to put that in my dating profile. <laughs> for sure. For, for sure. Please do. Uh, when you start your dating profile in your new sexually single life, um, <laughs> which from what I know about you is something that you would definitely want to pursue. just like stri- sex with strangers. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> no, are you kidding? I hate strangers. Yeah, they no, make me I so know. nervous. Gonna, that's why I was saying it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking. Uh, funny. Uh, yeah. So like, it is making me think a lot about like, how is this relationship constructed? Like, what have you two agreed to? And like, are you just assuming that there's only one way of being in relationship? That means that you have to like give up on this stuff in order to be in this like very stable, sounds very comfortable, very fun relationship with your partner. But I also will say that like my experience of relationships is that the ones where the highs were uh, not the highest and the lows were not the lowest were for me some of the relationships that were the most sustainable because there was still really good stuff that happened, right? Like the highs were really great. uh, And the lows were like not super bad, but I think what happens in relationships is that like normal highs in like really up and down relationships just feel really heightened because you've spent so much time in the low. So it's like the, the comparing contrast is like so much sharper where you're like, Mm. Oh my God, this is so wonderful. This person is actually like holding my hand. I can't believe it. This is so great. I love this so much. Right. Because like two days ago they were refusing to talk to you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like where Mm -hmm. the lows were so low that like the, the, the normal highs feel like, super, super exciting. Um, and I think without that sort of that like steep contrast between like the nadir of a relationship versus like, Oh, this is like super fine. Like it can make the fine feel like less fine because we don't have anything like horrible to compare it to. So I just want to like say that out loud that that has been my experience of relationships. And I have had to remind myself of like, oh, this like craving that you have for like the real intensity isn't actually a sustainable place of energy for you because 
you're not right now you're not paying attention to the fact that like things are just good generally so mm. you don't you're not like seeking out that high because it's just like no this is like we're talking we're having fun we're having sex we're like nobody's not talking to the other person there's no slamming doors right like it's just it's just like sustainably good <laughs> if that mm-hmm. makes sense yes i i totally agree and and was about to say something very similar. Um, so I'll just build upon it. Um, I would ask you 50, 50 to, to sort of journal or think on what did the highs feel like in the past? Like what have you, what is, or what is the high that you're looking for Mm. and what, what was propelling those highs or lows or, or whatever. Um, I do want to acknowledge, I do think it's like, it's tricky to feel stable. (laughs) It's tricky (laughs) emotionally, especially at this time of your life um, where you're like, do I want to be single? Um, Do I want to settle down? You know, like you said, you want to be in a long-term partnership. Um, uh, It can be like, I think a little emotionally confusing when you feel like you are not a hundred percent sure. And you're also not like, well, this isn't bad. So does that mean I'm settling? You know, is, does sure. that mean I'm missing some cues or whatever? Like, I do want to acknowledge that that is a very emotionally confusing place to be in. And also I think I lean a little bit more towards Sam's understanding of like the relationships that were like the most stable and secure for me in my life were were often the healthier ones, you know? They were mm-hmm. the ones in which I wasn't being mistreated or I wasn't mistreating the person. Um, I felt like my needs were getting met, but like there were underlying needs that that wanted to be like the, the I wasn't getting the high high and the low lows, so I was thinking that I wasn't safe, or I was thinking that I was undesired, or or, or whatever. Um, yep. So I just want you to like, if you can, journal or think on. Well, what is the high that you're seeking? Do you want to be obsessed with your partner? Do you want to be to have more lust or desire for them? Mm. Do you want to be more sure that they want you? Do you want it to feel? more in question like is their emotional stability and maturity making you feel like you're not certain where they stand because there's no grand gesture of love um and once you kind of understand what you're seeking what it is that you're seeking when you say there aren't high high and low lows then i want you to try to discern like the health of that thing that you're seeking do you, are you seeking somebody who has these big admissions of love or, or desire that make you feel more secure? Is there a way that you could get that from this current, current partnership? Or is this actually a core incompatibility because you're just not that into them? Cause that's, that's okay too, you know? Well, and I think it's like an opportunity to maybe take a step off of the relationship escalator in this moment. Right. right. And be like, you know, cause so often in relationships we're worried about like, what's going to happen in the future? You know, like uh, if I have a limited amount of time to do all the right steps that I'm supposed to, then like, is this the right person to be doing that yeah, thing limited with, amount right? of time. You're so right. Like that, that, that brings a sense of stress in that escalator that the yeah. relationship anarchy is trying to push against. It's like, oh, if I, we've been dating for uh, however long and now 
we need to be talking about getting married, right? Like, and, and is this the person that I want to marry? Is this the person I want to live with for the rest of my life? Is this the person I want to have kids with? Right. And it might be helpful to sort of take a step off of that mentality that so many of us are in absolutely, because that's the, the story that we've been told about what is the right way to handle it and say instead, like what's happening for me right now. And are there ways that we need to shift the relationship agreements to help me get more of what I need in this moment, knowing that we can change that eventually, right? We can change it if something needs to shift, but for this moment, am I getting what I need? And can we have a conversation about doing something different, whether that's we do more spontaneous things together, whether that is that we uh, talk about what it would look like to have more sex or a different type of sex. Would it look like something like, oh, can we intentionally go on more dates together outside of the house? Or could we spend more time with friends because it's, it's just the two of us. Could we take a trip to go back to the place where we came from so we can be with friends more often, right? Like, let, I think it can be helpful instead of thinking about like, is this the right relationship for me? Instead saying, okay, I'm in relationship with this person. Are there ways that we can make it work for both of us without worrying about the idea of like, if I commit to tomorrow, that means I have to commit to the rest of my life because that's how relationships are supposed mm-hmm. to work. Yeah, I totally agree. And thinking too, I, I want to point out um, something I brought up earlier before the ad break. Um, you write um, about this like small urge in you to to maybe be single and date and have sex with new and other people. Um, and you wrote, being single isn't my default, but I think I might benefit from being my own person for a while and processing past relationships. Listen, mm. I totally understand and relate to that statement. I am a serial monogamist or <laughs> uh-huh. some sort of serial dater person. I have left relationships because I've said, I just need to like be on my own and figure myself out. I know mm-hmm. for a fact that I have delayed emotional processing of past relationships or traumas or, or whatever, or even, even holding myself accountable. I've delayed it because I move on to this next source of intimacy, partnership, affirmation for good and bad reasons. Right. So I relate to literally everything you said in the statement. And also it stood out to me (laughs) because you said I might benefit from being my own person for a while. And me, you're like friend from, the internet has to say like, well, why aren't you your own person now in this mm-hmm. relationship that is stable and healthy and secure? What about your own sense of self and your own attachment style is making you feel as though you are more defined by this partnership than you are by yourself or more more owned by this partnership than you are owned to yourself? Because for sure, despite, you know, all of the ideas that relationship um, that exists, that relationship anarchy fights against, you know, that says we are more valued when we're in partnerships, that we are mm-hmm. in some sort of social hierarchy in relationships. You know, we are only, um, we are ourselves all the time, right? We have sovereignty to ourselves and autonomy to ourselves. And the, the I know this is the most hallmark thing I'll say, on this podcast ever, maybe possibly, but like the, the most important relationship is always the relationship with the self and the 
I know, especially as a fellow serial monogamist, how easy it is to fall into the pattern of nurturing the relationship or even just sustaining the relationship over taking care of yourself. But they can coexist at the same time. Don't know quite how yet. I'll get back to you in maybe another five years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I 100% agree. And we'll say that like being single isn't the panacea to finding self-love, right? Like, and I yeah. am somebody who spent some, some time single and it was like very, very transformational for me. But yeah. I also know folks who have spent time single and like I did this too, even in my periods of growth that were yes. not actually like, it doesn't make it necessarily easier to do the self-work, you know, right? It's not yes. like suddenly, oh, I'm single and therefore I have to do this, right? Like, it's like, you can be single and like also not take care of yourself at all. <laughs> like that is also like a very real possibility. So I, I want to just say that, like, I know that you're wanting to like find and process and, and maybe it's true that that would be something that you could do easier if you were not in this relationship. And I'll also say, it's just like that Ben Fold song, right? Everywhere I go, damn, there I am, right? Like, <laughs> it's not that suddenly you're out of this relationship and you're a new transformed person who's going to be able to find the time and energy yes. to do this self-work, right? Like, it, it is, it's something that requires more than just being alone in order for that to happen. And so my question for you, like Sierra said, is like, is this something that you could do in relationship? And if not, great, like... Then, then if you need that space, find that space. I'm absolutely on board with it. But I don't want this relationship, which seems really great and healthy and supportive in a lot of different ways, to feel like the thing that's holding you back. Because my guess is, is that it's not actually the yes. thing that's holding you back. There's something else there that's telling you, I can't make time for myself. I can't process this, right? Like that's saying that doing that would somehow jeopardize, I don't know, the entitlement that yes. your partner has to your time, your love, your attention. Yes, I totally agree. My darling, 50-50. These, we obviously cannot tell you if your relationship is meant to be or not. We can absolutely tell you it's okay that you don't have those intoxicating high highs and really devastating low lows. That's That life's, you know, most relationships sit in the middle, I think. Um, I think it was a Patreon episode a couple of weeks ago or 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 a letter in which somebody was talking about like, I know long-term relationships aren't passionate. And I said that my long-term relationship isn't exciting, but I find passion in keeping the health of that relationship going, you know, in, in yeah. contributing to our shared vision. So are there ways 50, 50 for you to, um, for you to recommit or examine um, what your needs are and see how you can meet them independently or in partnership uh, with your person. We hope that this helps. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. We love you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you uh, want more content from us or if you're interested in ad-free episodes, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DM. Send us your favorite relationship memes or cult information. Um, or you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. 
Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. And make sure to check out his podcast and his music on Spotify under Big Cats. And remember, it's okay to just feel things out right now. It's okay to rest in the stability of the moment, to find peace in the quiet of your current situation and use that peace to listen that much more closely or attentively to your inner stir. What is your soul telling you it needs right now? And if all else fails, just break up.